Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to the Accidental Guru Radio Show with your host, international speaker, trainer, and author, Dob Barron. The Accidental Guru Show, where fun and practical solutions partner up to get you from under your potential and unleash the leader within you, giving you the best solid success solutions. And now, here's the elite mind strategist himself, Dob Barron. Each one of you wants to meet my beautiful discerning and delicious listener wherever you are in the world on this fabulous free day yes whatever day of the week it is wherever you're tuned in from it's always free day because it's a new day it's a new dawn and it's a new way of looking at your life and your ability to lead and succeed thank you for joining us my name is Dov Baron, and for the next hour I'm your host here at the Accidental Guru Radio Show, broadcasting on Telstar Satellite and KWRM 106.9 FM. That's HD3. We're broadcasting out of Seattle, and yes, we're in HD because we've been digitally enhanced for your listening pleasure. We're also broadcasting out around the world on contacttalkradio.com. Right now, in homes, offices, around the world, there are folks just like you, salivating like Einstein over a juicy equation, at the prospect of getting your, their teeth into all the juicy mind meat we've got for you here on today's show. Do you have friends and family who are dragging their butts through each day, the kind of folks who are just looking for a reason to turn off the idiot box and tune into some high-energy, high-value talk radio? Well, my little chotos and chotis, take my advice. Go drag them out of their chair, drag them out of their bed. Yes, I know it may only be the crack of noon where you are. Nonetheless, go tell them to wrap their ears around our big beautiful signal and subscribe to the show because today's show is going to light you up like the morning after a vindaloo curry seriously before you even take another moment go tell your friends to tune in and we can begin to unleash the leader within you right here on the accidental guru radio show that being said every week i get a notice telling me where people are tuned in from 
And many of you write to me on my blog at DoveBaron.com and on our Facebook Accidental Guru radio page, on Twitter, and of course on RadioDove.com and tell me where you're listening in from. And I'm so glad that you do that. That's fabulous. And so let me greet our friends listening in to what's becoming the omnipresent Accidental Guru radio show. Wherever you are in the world, whatever time of day it is, welcome. To our Indonesian friends and listeners tuned in to the Accidental Guru Show from around the world, we trust that our show brings a smile to your face in these tough times. Please know we are sending our love, and to you we say, Selamat Pagi. To our Hawaiian listeners tuned in from many different parts of the world, Aloha. And to our Portuguese listeners here in North America and around the world, Bon Dia. To our Hindi-speaking listeners scattered out across the world, namaste. And to our listeners around the world, we're honored that you take the time to be here with us in the intimate space each and every week. From me to all of you, wherever you are, hello, hello, hello. And now on to today's show du jour. Have you gotten to a place where you are sick and tired of people fighting about religion? Are you in a place where you wish there was a simple bridge that could bring together the scientific and the spiritual? Do you sometimes wonder if God is a mad scientist or maybe a fancy made up to make us all behave a bit better? Well, my guest today says that there is indeed a bridge between the spiritual and the scientific. And he's even written a book on the how and the why of it. My guest today is Prasan Takra. And he's the founder of YourWishesFulfilled.com website and the author of a brand new book with a fabulous title, God Equals MC Squared, Getting Spirituality Down to a Science. He has his own radio show that's just starting on WebTalkRadio.net. And like myself, he's a bit of a nut about the old quantum physics. With a name like Prasan, it's not hard to guess that he's not born and bred in America. In fact, he was born in India, the land where many Westerners look for their spiritual path. What's interesting is that my guest, Prasan Takar, I know I'm getting his last name wrong and I'll correct that later, came to a point in him where he found himself in a, a place that many of the great thinkers find themselves. He found himself at the tender age of 15 in a spiritual crisis. It was a result of this spiritual crisis that he came to a place where his entire life changed around, changed direction. Now, I'll tell you more about my guest and when it comes to finding that bridge between spirituality and science, why he's your man in, of course, two wags of a kangaroo's tail. As you, dear listener, may or may not know, the bridge between the scientific world and the spiritual world is one of my passions for my life. For many years, I traveled three continents to study with many great spiritual and psychological teachers. And I have to tell you that I always had a part of me that remained somewhat skeptical. It was that part of my head that was a bit of a mad scientist. Well, there was a point where I was living in Perth, Western Australia, and a friend of mine invited me to his friend's stag party. Yes, I know it's not a particularly spiritual journey, but there I was, 1,700 miles away in Melbourne, 
That's where I was supposed to go. And you've got to know that it's got to promise to be a pretty damn good stag party if I'm going to fly 1,700 miles. Well, I said, okay, I'll go. I, I really enjoyed my friend, thought we'll have a good time. We boarded the flight, and we chatted on the flight, and was pretty excited about going to Melbourne. Melbourne is a beautiful city. In fact, it's, it's Australia's European city. And we arrived there... And it was a little too early to meet up with the guys, and, and we sort of wandered around this magnificent city. And as we wandered around, I found this bookstore. Of course, I'd never been to Melbourne before that point, and I was sort of, oh, okay, I'll go in. And I went in, and as I sort of shuffled around the shelves, and this was in the early 1980s, and I found this book, and it kind of just jumped out at me. You know, you have that moment when... The, when you just pull to something, you don't know why. And I was pulled to this book. And I grabbed the book and, and I thought, oh, this is, you know, I didn't really know what it was about. In fact, I found it very difficult to read. I didn't actually even understand some of the stuff that was in there. But it was something in that book and I just knew there was something in there for me. Well, we got to the stag party and, you know, everybody had a couple of drinks and that was fine. And, and a couple of slices of pizza and all that kind of stuff. And i got to tell you that I... To this day, and certainly back then, even though it was the early 80s, I had absolutely no interest in watching some crackly porn movie with a bunch of guys. And so I snuck away. <laughs> I snuck away, and they found me. You know, there must have been a point where they suddenly realized I was gone. They found me in this quiet corner. There I was in this quiet corner. And they came over and they were roasting me. They were giving me a hard time wanting to know what I had. Because if I was not watching what they were watching, if I was not um, involved in that particular <laughs> form of recreation that they were involved in, they, they figured I must have something that was really good. Well, there I was in my corner. And when they came over, it was just lit by a little lamp. And, and they wanted to know what I was reading. They teased me, and I finally gave it up. And there I was. I was reading a book that was Hugh Everett III's Many Worlds Interpretation of Quantum Mechanics. <laughs> Not exactly a dirty book. It was full of equations and all kinds of strange things. And it certainly wasn't befitting of a stag party. Now, I share this story with you, dear listener, to remind you that the answers you're looking for are actually all around you. You must keep your eyes open, and more than that, you must be willing to remove yourself from those who are not pursuing what you dream of, even if it means facing your fear of isolation. Now, why do, why do you want to know that? Why do I need to tell you that? Because you, my friend, did not get your dreams by accident. They are your soul crying out for expression. Now, back to our show de jour. As I said, my guest today is Prasan Takra. He is the author of a book with a great title, God Equals MC Squared. He is a married man with a three-year-old son. He is... A successful American, however, as I said, he didn't start out that way. He came to the U.S. when he was 17 years old. He was one of the only brown kids in what might have been the whitest state in the U.S., Massachusetts. And while going to college to get a business degree, he was bagging groceries, working in a restaurant to make his way through. 
Anyone who has been through the immigrant experience knows the challenges of dealing with things like a new language. However, there are many other things that are far more disorienting. Something as simple as being in a new culture. And let's face it, the culture you grew up in, whatever it was, is the one you call normal. Whether it is or it isn't is a whole other conversation, but it's the one that you're used to. Now, let's face it, Massachusetts must have been a massive culture shock coming from India. As I mentioned earlier, Prasan is at the tender age of 15, and while still living in India, found himself having a spiritual crisis. Feeling depressed, he ran away from home and found himself in a bus station having an encounter that changed his life. Now, I'm not going to tell you too much about that because I'm going to let Prasun himself tell you the details. However, what I will tell you is that it was one of those moments where you might doubt your own sanity, and yet it's the defining moment in owning your sanity. So as you can probably guess, dear listener, we have got a turbocharged show for you today. So strap yourself in, stop doing all that crap that distracts you, sit down, get out your pen, your journal, and let's have some you and me time. As always, we promise that today's show will titillate your neurons. During the show, we will be solution-oriented. However, there will be the usual soupçon of fun as we go. And during the upcoming time together, my guest and I will be doing our very best to assist you in getting the most practical, applicable solutions, getting you out of stuck and into massive successful action, giving you the best solid success solutions. Today, my guest and I will once again be providing you with the information and inspiration for taking massive action towards your dreams. And after the first break, you'll be able to call in at 877-230-3062. I know that if you become a regular listener to our ubiquitous show, you know that I always wear something rather special for both you, dear listener, and for our guest. And as this is our intimate time together, I trust that you, dear listener, have also slipped into something rather delish for this week's show. As you know, dear listener, week after delectable week, I get excited to be here with you and with our guest. Dear, delicious, discerning listener, I absolutely love finding the right ensemble that will honor our guest, and my outfits are always designed to do just that. Today's ensemble actually starts with the coif. Yes, the hair today has been specially styled to honor our guest. Being that it's that time of year, I was able to purchase white hairspray, which has allowed me to create a lovely Albert Einstein-esque do. Around my neck, I'm wearing malas, which are Indian prayer beads, because, well, let's face it, you never know when you're going to need a prayer, particularly in this outfit. All this is wrapped up in a lovely hand-stitched brown, short-sleeved, short-pants, Indian bus driver uniform. It's a little reminiscent of a UPS uniform, except that mine is finished off with a rather lovely pair of gold sequined wedding slippers. As a final touch, to keep things in balance between my male and female sides, I have had my hands decorated with henna mendi. 
Now, you may be asking, why would I be wearing Mendy art on my hands and arms? Isn't that reserved for weddings? And the answer is yes. However, my guest today is performing a wedding, a holy union between what has appeared to be opposites, the marriage between the spiritual and the scientific. And as always, my ensemble is designed to honor our guest. My guest today is both a sophisticated scientific American and a spiritual voila. And right after the break, I'm going to introduce you to the author of God Equals MC Squared. Stay tuned. We're going to be back in two with my fabulous guest, and we'll make that bridge. See you in two. Don't listen to this. Unless you want more money. People have all kinds of ridiculous ideas about what it takes to achieve vast amounts of wealth and success. Consistently, those ideas are dead wrong. Think about it. What you've been told about creating wealth has likely been from those who did not, do not, or ever likely to have it. In his book, Don't Read This Unless You Want More Money, Dov Barrett collapses your old money myths and shows you how to tap into your unique value, even if you don't know what it is yet. As you turn each page of this book, Dov Barron will walk you through a process that will have them banging down your door to give you money. Don't read this unless you want more money. Subconscious Tactics of the Truly Affluent is a guaranteed bestseller you'll want to buy for friends and read over and over again. Go to www.don'treadthisbook.com forward slash money and get your copy today. Now is your chance to be part of the show. Call 877-230-3062. Call in with your questions or thoughts and talk with the host and their guests. Again, that number is 877-230-3062. Welcome back. My name is Dov Barron, and you're listening to the Accidental Guru Radio Show. I'm here with my guest today, Prasan Takra, and he is the author of an amazing new book called God Equals MC Squared. And I was telling you before the break that our guest today is a man who came all the way from India to live in the United States and has really experienced the immigrant experience and come from a great spiritual land and from a place of having had a spiritual awakening himself that has actually inspired him to write the book that he's written um, that is really a fabulous insight for all of us. So what I'm going to ask you to do, dear listener, is please help me to welcome the author of God Equals MC Squared, the quantum leaper, the man who knows that immigrant camping is nine people living in a small apartment, Wayne Dyer's biggest fan, and his son's greatest hero, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and welcome the host of the Spiritual Renaissance Radio Show, my friend, Prasan Chakra. <laughs> welcome, sir. The crowd are going wild, and uh, they're very happy to have you here. Thank you, Dov. Um, thank you to all the listeners. You have some really gracious listeners, and 
delicious, I may, if I may Delicious add. indeed, sir. Yes. <laughs> so as always, our listener is going to be waiting with hexiety to take in all the wonderful gems of wisdom that you're going to share with us through the rest of the show. And I'm very honored to have you join us here in the intimate space. And as this is the intimate space, let's start off by getting to know some of your intimate bits. Uh-oh. In the tradition of the show, <laughs> croissant, <laughs> how about you share with our listeners something intimate Something that most people wouldn't know about you. Maybe it involves a bus driver. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Tell us. Sure. Uh, well, I will start off saying that, um, have you heard of the defective detective? The defective detective. Tell us yeah. about the defective detective. That is that's, a, that's genuine, monk, isn't a it? character, actually, named Adrian Monk. <laughs> Yes, he used to be on the USA Network. The show is uh, had its finale, but I'm sure it's in syndication. Uh, it yep. is a, a brilliant character played yes. by Tony Shalhoub, but yep. one that is defective, as I mentioned. And he's a detective, and he suffers from OCD, obsessive obsessive compulsive disorder. disorder. Yes, sir. So he's a detective with obsessive-compulsive disorder, which has got to be interesting for a detective. Yes. Um, it worked out, well, in his case, uh, not so much for me. <laughs> ah, so are you uh, the defective detective? I wasn't the defect. I was defective, uh, but not <laughs> the detective. <laughs> so it was kind of working out for Monk, uh, but for me, while this was um, as I was growing up, as you mentioned um, this is when I was still in India, and I suffered from OCD. I suffered from depression. Uh, this is something either most people would not know about me, um, or pretty much all of them would not know about me, except for really close family, friends and family. Right. So I am sharing this to the world. Uh, with so the let, world let, let's tell people a little bit about that, because I, don't, I think that most people don't really know what OCD is. I mean, sure. we, we've... We've we've heard of it. Maybe we've heard that name OCD, um, and, and I think that people have a lot of images that maybe they've been given by the media of what OCD is. But you sure. actually you really struggled with this as a kid, and uh, it's not something that actually goes away, is it? I mean, it's something you have a, you gain control over, or you learn to manage. Is that correct? That is that is exactly correct. That it doesn't it, it is kind of a part of who you are. Right. And um, it, 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 you can manage it, and I am managing it, and I'm, I can yes. pretty much say that it is, you know, again, you cannot, it doesn't go away, but you can, I, if I may use the word cure, that it has been cured as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, and I've done it uh, through spiritual uh, methods. Uh, but yes, uh, so obsessive compulsive disorder, the definition is that you develop, a person develops uh, a, a personality where they obsessively, meaning, incessantly um, they're unable to stop doing certain things, unable to perform, unable to stop performing certain actions. Or so what, one, have, of the ways you might, one of the ways you might have seen this, dear listener, um, portrayed in movies or TV or those kinds of things, is somebody who has to go to the door and lock the door and then go back and check and lock the door again. And they might go through a ritual. It's usually a ritualistic practice of doing that, that one behavior, maybe as, as many as five, six, or even ten times. Uh, it becomes an obsession that they've got to focus on getting that correct. Is that a fair assessment of it? 
that is an absolutely fair assessment. Yes, um, they you know they might uh, assign a number to it. They might say I have to do it five times, meaning yes. I have to check the door and make sure it's locked five times before they would be satisfied that yes, it is. Even though logically and rationally they know, like yeah. I, if I were to do certain things, I know that it's you know if the, if for example if I was checking the door, I know it's locked. I don't need to look at it rationally, but it is an obsession. It's an it's obsession. An uncontrollable urge to do and, that. And that's, that's a very important thing for people to get. It's an uncontrollable. It's not like, get over it, mate. Stop doing it. It's locked. It's, it, this is uncontrollable, and this person has no choice. And we see this with people who wash their hands incessantly, those kinds of things. They exactly. wash their hands absolutely raw. Right. These are good examples. So you were, you were living in India, and... I don't want, certainly don't want to jump to any conclusions about what it was like to live in India because uh, I, I wasn't born there. I don't know what it's like to grow up in that culture. But how was obsessive compulsive seen by the culture uh, uh, of being in India, uh, obsessive compulsive? I mean, I think that here today, it's maybe more sort of out in the light, but maybe not back even then, maybe not 20 years ago. And and I wonder what was it like in in India to have something like OCD? Um, Dov, would you believe that I thought that out of the, at that time, whatever the population, 5.5 billion or whatever it may have been, I thought I was the only person on the planet suffering from something like this. Yeah, how I'm could sure. a person not be able to stop doing certain things? This is completely irrational and insane but I could not stop it. But if I could talk about, and, and you mentioned the point where people are germaphobes or mm-hmm. they obsessively wash their hands or do not touch doorknobs in public places. Believe it or not, I had an exact opposite problem. And this, and this I believe that nobody even knows other than me. And I'll share okay. it. Um, Thank you. I will share it with you and your listeners. Um, if you know, uh, as you mentioned, being in India, I was born a Hindu, and as a, as a religion, that's my religion. I wasn't a practicing Hindu, but I grew up with certain things. Sure. Where we believe that if there is a, a book of any sort, but especially a religious book, but book, yes. if it is on the ground or if it's on the floor, and if your foot touches it, you basically kind of touch it and you, I guess, is genuflect the word like you kind of make a you know make a cross or you kind of touch your head and your yep. heart you yep. basically ask for forgiveness because you touched the book with your foot That's i understand disrespecting that it's uh it's knowledge it's power it's uh it's, it's a it is god so it's, in it's a, a way it's an act of, it's an act of respect that if you touch this book then you do a blessing of yes. uh, and that would be in the form of a, a um some kind of ritual which might be so a you would, you would, but you wouldn't touch it with your foot. So if you did happen to do that, that would be disrespect. So you would ask for forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. So what happened is that that my obsessive compulsive disorder started with that belief and with that practice that I used to indulge in. And mm-hmm. what and I try, I translated that to other random pieces of paper that oh, I, I would see. I would step on, and I would say, how can I step on this? This is you know this is vidya as they call it in Hindi. Yeah. Vidya meaning knowledge, and knowledge is, you know, is to be respected. So I started picking up pieces of paper, ah. random trash from the ground, so that uh-huh. I could apologize to it. Can you believe this? I mean, how irrational, how silly, how insane. 
Well, so I, think was, that's, I think it's really interesting because, you know, I can look at that from two, two different places. Exactly. And you, you want to think about this, dear listener, because this is interesting. Because these holy books, and this, actually that's a symbol you see in actually many different religions that people will kiss the Bible, um, you know, th those kinds of behaviors. Uh, they make certain symbols, they'll touch their forehead with a, with a holy book, those kinds of things. And, and, you know, and it's the respect for, for that knowledge, for that wisdom. And that's, you know, that's, that's cool. That's fine. But it's interesting that, you know, you said you were just randomly picking up pieces of paper that you might touch. And yet all those books are written on paper. So there's like this intrinsic knowing. And, you know, of course, I'm jumping to a conclusion here. But like almost like there's this intrinsic knowing that, that all words are part of some kind of knowledge, some kind of wisdom. And, and it became an obsession. Very interesting for me. I think it's fascinating. But yeah. I was saying that. You know, you were back in India at that time. You felt like you were the only person who had that. Yeah. Um, you must have felt like you were going crazy. Is that a fair I, comment? Yes, and I was completely depressed. I had other other issues. You know, I was sure. at that tender age, that teenage, uh, with the whole identity and life crisis. So I had That's other so... issues going on combined with this, and it kind of put me over the edge. So I ran away from home. Yeah. And I went to this birthplace of this saint in the western part of India, in the state of Gujarat. And yep. uh, the the saint, his name is Jalaram. So and how I far went to is this from your home? Place. It was about, uh, I would say about 300. I don't know the exact, but about approximately 300 or 250, 250 miles from my home. So I took a bus So you traveled, bus ride. And you're 15 years old, you're depressed, you're feeling like you're going nuts. You're the only person in the world with, with OCD. Of course, you don't know that it's OCD at this point. Right. And you you travel you decide to make that you've had enough, so you're going to travel approximately 300 miles to go to the birthplace of a of a saint in the Gujarat and to get to that area. Yeah. So the, I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty outrageous trip for a kid, right? Yes. I and I left a note for my parents that I was I was leaving them. I was leaving the home, and uh, if things work out well, um, I'll be back. But if not, then I'll never be found. And wow. I can only imagine how I could have done that to my parents. But at that time, I was completely crazy with misery. So I couldn't think for them, and I couldn't so think So you were depressed. Yes. Yeah. Bottom line, you were depressed, right? Good. Yeah. Okay, so, so there you are. You're a depressed kid. You arrive in this town yeah. feeling depressed, feeling like you're looking for answers. You're actually, um, I would, like you said, you're having an identity crisis and potentially feeling, as I said, crazy looking for answers. Tell us what yeah. happened next. Absolute desperation. So mm -hmm. what I did was I, I decided that I was going to go on a hunger strike and that I, didn't, I wouldn't eat or drink anything until the saint, Saint Jalaram, who had long pa passed, uh, but his temple is in this, his birthplace, that Saint Jalaram would fix my problems, all of my mm -hmm. problems. And until, if that weren't to were to happen, then I would basically starve myself to death. So I was on a hunger strike against Saint Jalaram, and then I was sleeping on the on a bench in the in the Virpur. Virpur is the name of the of the village where Jalaram was born. I was sleeping on a bench in the Virpur bus station. So I, I want to make sure I jump in. I want to make sure we follow along here. Sure. So you've traveled all this way. You're you're on the bus. You're in the bus station at the, in this birthplace of the great saint. Now, is this saint alive or is he passed? No, he passed. He passed. He was born in 1799. And he was he passed he passed uh, away. He left his physical plane in eighteen uh, 
79 or, or 74 or something okay, like that. So, 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 so he's, been, he's been gone for more than 100 years. Over 120 and, years, and, yeah. and you've decided that, that you want his guidance yeah. and that if you get his guidance, rock on, everything will, you know, something will work out. But if it doesn't, you're on this hunger strike to, to, to try and engage this, this spirit, if you will, uh, this saint. You're, trying to, you're on a hunger strike to engage him to get him to come to you and give you guidance. Yeah. Is that right? That so now you're, you're, you're in the center of this town. Now tell us what happened. Yeah, so I had been staying, um, I had been sleeping on the bench because I didn't have enough money. I did have a little bit of money. I spent one night, what the first evening, first night, in a small motel there. And then I didn't have enough money, so I was sleeping on the, on the bench. Nothing happened the first night. The second night, you know, as usual, I would go spend all day at the temple and then go back. And you mentioned the prayer beat, the mala that you were wearing mm-hmm. as yep. part of the Einstein Ensemble. I had one of those malas, which is a pray- yep. set of prayer beads, and I would take, I would pray constantly to Jalaram. On the third night uh, there, uh, maybe in the middle of the night, maybe it might have been early morning, like three, mo- three in the morning, it was dark, somebody wakes me up, um, and it's this gentleman dra- uh, dressed as a bus, bus driver, the state transportation mm-hmm. bus driver, it, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, kind of like a UPS driver with the brown clothing and a brown yep. shirt and pants. And so I assumed it was a bus driver who happened to be there. After all, it was a bus station. Um, right. So he, was ta- he somehow knew that I had, even before he, I could tell him that, he asked me right away. He's like, son, what are you doing here? You, you've run away from home, haven't you? And I said, you know, I kind of nodded sheepishly because mm-hmm. he knew. And yes. um, he said, whatever it is, you have to go home because your parents must be worried sick about you. I promise you that whatever your problems are, they will soon be resolved. But I wow. think you should go home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he asked me where I was from. I, 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 I felt extremely guilty because I lied about where I was from. I told him I was from Ahmedabad, which is another big city. I was originally from Baroda. But because I didn't want him to call my parents and tell them and say, oh, your son is over here, come get him, you know. Yes. <laughs> so I, I didn't want to defeat the whole purpose of running away from home and seeking uh, Jalaram's guidance so but i felt um, i somehow i felt this kind of sense of calmness when he told me that and then he was gone you know that was it that was the end of it and um so the so next you, day this, i came this back guy I just randomly temple. come up to you had a little chat with you told you your parents are going to be worried about you go home because when you get home everything's going to everything's going to be good no problem yeah. it's going to be okay go home Yes. And you felt this sense of peacefulness come over you. You feel yes. awash with that. And then? Yes. The next day, I went into the temple. I prayed. And I, as I said, the, the feeling just got stronger that things were going to be okay. I didn't know how. I was still wondering about that. But I sure. didn't concern myself with that. I just got that feeling that things were going to be okay. So I went back to the bus station because I had to, take my, I had to buy a ticket to get, get my bus ride back home. So I was at mm-hmm. the ticket counter, and I say, hey, you know, I, I asked the gentleman there, I said, hey, um, I had this person that I met last night. At this time, it was an older-looking gentleman, and he was a bus driver. Obviously, this is a bus station. Do you know where I can find him? I just wanted to quickly say thank you to him and tell him that his words gave me hope, and I am actually going home. And the person mm-hmm. there said, well, there is nobody like that um, that lives here, because if it's a local driver, he might be here at, at 3 in the morning. But... Even then, there is no such person, and also there are no buses coming in and out 
for three or four hours before and three or four hours after that. So there should have been no reason for a person to be there. And that just gave me goosebumps. And it gives me goosebumps to think about it right now. Who was that? So, so who do you think the bus dri- this mysterious bus driver from the Twilight Zone was? I do not know. I do not know. Mm-hmm. I, my faith, and, and again, I don't have any proof of that. No. That I mm-hmm. even saw this person. Was it my imagination? I mean, I knew that I didn't, it wasn't a dream because I didn't go to sleep after that. Because after right. he left, I was uh, awake. Um, yep. I believe, and with every single, you know, cell in my body, that this was St. Jalaram in the form of a bus driver who came wow. by to tell me that I needed to go home and things would be okay. That's, that's a powerful story because I, I think there's a lot of things in that. We're going to go to break in a moment, but there's a lot of things for you to think about in that, dear listener, because one of the things that the that, that person has said that I think is really interesting for you to think about is that he just knew it was going to be okay and he didn't know how and and you know and you get those things in your life where you know you've got to step into something you know you've got to do whatever it is you've got to do and you don't know why you don't even know why it's going to work you just know that's the place to go or that's the thing to do or that's the the place to invest yourself energetically financially whatever it is and you just know and i think that that's a very profound lesson whether you uh, have had an experience of being having an encounter with a spiritual being, which is definitely what uh, Prasan is saying that happened for him, and and of course it did happen for him. Whether one uh, decides to dismiss that in any way, shape, or form, it doesn't matter. What matters is it worked for him. So we're going to go to a break, and we're going to come back in two, and we're actually going to ask him some more questions, and we're going to look at where all this took him in bridging the gap between the spiritual and the scientific. We'll be back in two. TechTalkRadio.com Don't listen to this. Unless you want more money. People have all kinds of ridiculous ideas about what it takes to achieve vast amounts of wealth and success. Consistently, those ideas are dead wrong. Think about it. What you've been told about creating wealth has likely been from those who did not, do not, or ever likely to have it. In his book, Don't Read This Unless You Want More Money, Dov Barrett collapses your old money myths and shows you how to tap into your unique value, even if you don't know what it is yet. As you turn each page of this book, Dov Barrett will walk you through a process that will have them banging down your door to give you money. Don't read this unless you want more money. Subconscious Tactics of the Truly Affluent is a guaranteed bestseller you'll want to buy for friends and read over and over again. Go to www.don'treadthisbook.com forward slash money and get your copy today. Now is your chance to be part of the show. Call 877-230-3062. Call in with your questions or thoughts and talk with the host and their guests. Again, that number is 877-230-3062. Did you know that you can rate this show on iTunes? The show you're listening to right now. It's true. You can leave your thoughts about the show, the topic, the guest. You can even leave a suggestion. Then before you leave, rate the show. The hosts love hearing from you. So next time you download this show from iTunes, leave your thoughts and rate the show for the host and for others.
Welcome back. My name is Dove Barron, and you're listening to the Accidental Guru Radio Show. Yes, we're here in the last part of our show, and we've got a guest on with us today who's had quite the experience uh, as a small, as a young boy of 15. He had a spiritual encounter that changed the direction of his life and took him from feeling like he was going completely crazy to feeling inspired to live his life in a place where he was able to bridge the gap between the spiritual and the scientific. Now, Prasan is the author of a book called God Equals MC Squared. And the subtitle of the book is Getting Spirituality Down to a Science. I, I love the title of the book, Prasan. Tell us why tell us why you chose that title and tell us explain to us the, the reasoning behind the, the subtitle if you would quickly. Sure, thank you. Appreciate that. Yes. Um God equals MC Squared. So I you know I was thinking about um what we've been hearing a lot about and you might have been talking about in quantum physics and all of that and we hear that everything is energy and yes. i was looking at i was thinking about einstein's equation which is e equals mc squared and where e stands for all the energy you know yes. if you look at the particle or if you're looking at the entire universe it doesn't matter it still applies mm -hmm. so i was thinking if energy is everywhere or is part of everything or can be converted from or to energy then yes. that's what must be God, because that's what all spiritual and religious traditions tell us, that mm -hmm. God is everywhere and is in everything and is ever-present, you know, the omnipresent, omnipotent, you know, all of those things. And I said, why not have that in there? And so that's how I came up with the title. And so the, the, title, the title actually is... And I think it's a really great title, like I said. I think it's a fabulous title, because the, 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 the title is that instead of E being energy equals MC squared, E in the, in the equation is energy, MC is matter squared. So, so matter and energy. So it's how this comes together. And what you're saying is that that energy source, at its source, is what we call God or what some people call God because it's omnipresent. It's everywhere, just as the energy is everywhere. And it's that that becomes the mass. So that was, it was like, that for you was this... this I think it's a great title, as I said, because I think it puts both those two things in, in context. So yeah. now what about this, this this subtitle, Getting Spirituality Down to a Science? Again, great subtitle. Yes, and what I would, as and as has been a passion of yours, is to kind of, as you, as you started with that book in that dark corner uh, uh -huh. at that stag party, which is to kind of come across <laughs> something and you're so engrossed in it, I started coming across, scientific information and spiritual mm -hmm. information at the same time. And yes. I started to put two and two together, so to speak, and I said that spirituality itself is a science. Yes. And what? And now there is modern science backing up spirituality and, and providing yes, evidence, if not proof, downright proof of uh, what I would even say the existence of God, and the and the and the fact that if you apply certain principles in spirituality, you will get the results. So, meaning again, it's scientific, and you have science backing it up. So, I thought, why not kind of do a little bit of a play on words and say, getting spirituality down to a science. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So, I agree that there's a structure to all of those things, and 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 that structure can be could be considered a scientific structure. So here's a question that, that I've certainly been uh, bombarded with a lot over the years, and I'd love to hear your, your insight on this, particularly from where you're coming from. 
Sure. Because th- there's this, there's this, you know, in the scientific world, uh, things are happening. You know, certainly at the Newtonian level, the things are happening as a result of. So a reaction has an equal uh, reaction. So there's you right. know, equal and opposite reaction. So the the billiard ball hits the billiard ball and it rolls for a period of time until it uh, meets enough resistance that it stops rolling. Right. It's very much Newtonian. Now right. th- in the quantum world, that's a bit different. There's more to it. Yeah. And so we get out of – and in the quantum world, it's how we're focused on our energy and our, our focus that changes the result. Now, yeah. where does all that play in? Because, you're, you know, as, as you said, your, your original background is, is in Hinduism. And as you I think you know, I studied Vedanta, which is Hindu philosophy. And yeah. where does this play in for you when you get the scientific and the spiritual together, when you look at things like karma – uh, destiny or free will how, how right. you know because karma seems based on what most people understand it to be not that I'm saying that I come from that place but right. that it's kind of pre-designed destiny is pre-designed and then there's free will which seems to be something else H- how do you bring that together okay great great absolutely great question um, and I have always you know I grew up with the word karma in my, in my vernacular as mm-hmm. it being a natural part of it and it kind of and reincarnation and a lot of these principles in Hinduism and in the in the Hindu philosophy, where I kind of come I've come to now uh, by researching the the quantum physics and scientific aspects of things, and then also experiencing the spiritual aspects and then also researching those. Mm-hmm. I kind of bring them together where I say that karma, for example, is a quantum phenomenon in the sense that. With quantum physics, um, they say that, you know, particles can travel back and forth in time. Um, There is entanglement, meaning two particles can be instantaneously connected regardless of the distance between them. So there's time travel. There is, uh, you know, location by location being in two places at the same time. But let's just talk about time travel or transcending time. Karma and destiny versus free will, all of those things. So karma and destiny kind of go hand in hand in the sense that people say that, well, whatever is your good karma, whatever the good deeds you have built up is the result. Uh, the result of that is what you are experiencing now in this lifetime. And I always so struggled. Let, let, me, let, me, let me jump in for a minute because sure. I, I know not everybody's familiar with karma. But, you know, um, and this, this is my explanation of karma. And as I said, this is uh, I learned this from one of my great Vedantic teachers because the the thinking of it is quite different than what most people think of it because the way most people think of karma is um, that God is an accountant um, and he's counting up all the good deeds and the bad deeds you do. He's pretty much like Santa. Right. <laughs> we notice exactly. whether you've been good he's or bad. He's making the list. <laughs> he's yeah. making the list, checking it twice. And if you've been good, you're going to get some good luck or good karma. And if you've been bad, you're going to get some crappy karma. Therefore, if you you know somebody runs into the ass end of your car, that's just bad karma because you stepped on a fly on Tuesday. And that's kind of the overall pe- what people think about it. And it's not actually what it's really about at all. It's it's not that it, it's something quite different, and, and I really believe that where Prasanna is taking us is to understand something quite different about it. Keep going, mate, because it's good stuff. Yes, um, I mean I I do I do agree that there is certain aspects of that. I'm really glad that you brought that up because there is that misconception that yes. you know that there is this um, you know there's a, a a general ledger, there's an accountant sitting up in the heaven, and I believe that it's our own soul that keeps track of that, and. Yes. 
So that's why the destiny or predetermination that we might be experiencing in this lifetime is really not that because it was all based on our own actions in a past lifetime. So going back to quantum physics, because our soul is at the quantum level, it does it's it's not affected by time. It's not you know, it's not bound by time. It transcends time. So your actions that might have been in a previous lifetime do are not said, well, that's previous lifetime, that's past, that shouldn't exist. No, it's a, it's it's attached to your soul. It's at the soul level. However, I do agree with you so that you know, people say like there there used to be the show called My Name is Earl on TV. Yeah. Where, yeah. uh, <laughs> where he had made the karma list. The gentleman uh, made yeah. a car- Earl makes the karma list, and he says, "Well, if I keep doing some good deeds to mitigate my bad deeds, karma will be my karmic account will be neutralized, and I'll have a great life." Yes. Yes. It, Needless uh, to say, it didn't work out too well initially. Yes, and it doesn't because it doesn't <laughs> work exactly that way because you cannot mitigate bad deeds with equally good deeds. You kind of right. have to pay for the bad deeds, and you also get the rewards of the good deeds. Yeah. But the ultimate goal is not to have good deeds in your karmic account, but to be karma-less. To, have, right. to reach a point where your actions actually have no consequences. Imagine that. Have, you know, as you mentioned, it's something that we cannot even imagine and say, what do you mean by that? Right. When you do something, it actually has no doesn't mean it has no effect. Of course you want to have your actions have effect in the world. You want to have effect, positive effect on your own life and on, on the entire world. But it does not have a karmic consequence that's being added to your account, so to speak. And that's the goal. That's what, that's what I talk about, karma. And, well, then as and, far as, and you've got a chapter in the book on that, right? I do. Uh, and <laughs> I try to make it a little funny because I came across a bumper sticker and it said, my karma ran over your dogma. <laughs> yeah, that's it, pretty cool. Huh? It stuck with me, so I write about karma in, in that chapter. You know, now, you know, one of the things you're talking about there, which is, is a, again, a, another touchy subject, and I'm good with listening to, to your input on it, which is, um, you know, obviously, by virtue of what you just said, in the last few minutes, just tell us a little bit about how you feel about past lives, because, you know, you're talking about other lives. Um, I so, have struggled with that because, again, I, I feel that how can I be held responsible, again, going back to karma, for something mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't even remember. I don't know if I was around. And right. I feel that, um, you know, just being in this environment where we are even talking about it is proof to me that that exists. And there's all kinds of other scientific explanations that we are talking about right now. For example, near-death experiences and mm-hmm. past-life regression, ghosts. Uh, certain psychic phenomena, all of these are kind of coming together along with quantum physics and traditional science. Yes. That you start pointing to the fact that consciousness itself is, doesn't have an age, it's everywhere, it's, it's present all at once, and that your consciousness, Dov, and my consciousness, and the individual consciousness of all the listeners, it's actually only one consciousness. And yep. that consciousness has always existed, and so past lives, you would have access to that, and you will continue to have access to it in the future as well. Well, obviously, we're, we're on a massive subject here, and we could, we could really talk yes. for hours and really get yes. going <laughs> on this. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> the hour has gone by very, very fast. And, yes. and we've absolutely loved having you here with us in the Intimate Space, Prasan, and you have been a real wealth of knowledge and insights, and I'm certainly... 
I'm certain that you've got many of our listeners fired up and thinking about many of this with what you've shared, many of these things with what you've shared with us. And maybe, just maybe, you've helped people to consider that there is a bridge between those two worlds of spirituality and science. Well, dear listener, Prasan and I met actually two years ago, and I know for sure that he has many resources to offer you, and you can find them at yourwishesfulfilled.com. Your wishes, plural, fulfilled.com. That's one word. Uh, well, Prasan, it's one of, what's the one last thing you would like to leave our listener with very quickly? What's the one tip you would like to leave our listener with? Sure. And that's the one tip that we um, stopped the first segment with and where you went into break. And um, you said that it's that knowing. You don't know how things are going to happen. You don't know how all of this is going to work out or what the details are. But you just know. And it's mm-hmm. a knowing. And what I, you know, I call it the F word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's faith. <laughs> Yeah. And this is not the faith in the religious connotation. It's just a belief. It's trust. A knowing. Trust, and going, yeah. yes, that gut feeling. And right. I, I do apologize. Um, the website actually is allyourwishesfulfilled.com. I do, I oh, do apologize. Oh, thank you. Okay. So allyourwishesfulfilled.com. Yes. <laughs> you hear that, guys? Allyourwishesfulfilled.com. And well, dear listener, go on. Sorry. Very quickly, Prasan. Yes. Just for the, the loyal and the delicious listeners of The Accidental Guru if they go onto the website tonight, uh, by the end of tonight, and sign up for my monthly e-zine, they will qual- automatically qualify for 50% of the print version of my book. So $24.95, half price, $12.47, plus the pesky shipping and handling. Fabulous. All your wishes com. When you sign up by tonight, uh, let them know you're from the Accidental Guru Radio Show and you're going to get a 50% discount. Well, dear listener, remember you can find us on iTunes and on RadioDove.com where you can click on Show Info and you can leave your comments and feedback about this show or any of our shows. Remember to tell your friends to wrap their ears around our big, beautiful signal and subscribe to the show. By the way, you can now find us on Facebook. Simply go to Facebook and search Accidental Guru Radio. There you'll be able to chat with other listeners and me and tell you about shows gone by and the kind of shows you'd like to hear in the future and once again i wanted to thank our guest today prasan thank you sir thank, thank you, you. To, thank you to you thank you my go, thanks go out to my wonderful and soon to leave the, the accidental guru show to go on to greater pastures and fulfill her dream very great big thanks for all the time we've worked together. Thank you, Rebecca. You've done a marvelous job. I really appreciate you. And to our entire team here at the Accidental Guru Radio Show. Of course, my special thanks go to you, dear listener, for being part of our ever-growing family and a global movement. Keep telling your friends to tune in and get all the solid success solutions. Next week here on the Accidental Guru Show, my guest will be Shane Hines. He's the founder and owner of Gymnos Evolution. Shane is a key member of a team that is really at the forefront of revolutionizing how we attend to fitness. And on top of that, he's got some really freaky moves. This is Dove Barron saying, remember to go out and share something you learned today with someone because when you share it, you learn it at a deeper level. Until next time, this is Dove Barron, host of The Accidental Guru, saying thank you for making my world a little better. See you soon. Same time, same place, same channel. Take care, and see you soon. Live with courage. It is my belief that each one of you is unique. There isn't another one of you on the planet. And no one has the right to tell you you're less than You've been listening to The Accidental Guru with Dov Barron. 
Join us again next week when Dog will be giving you the competitive edge without losing your soul. Same time, same place, same channel. On behalf of Dog Baron, remember, take yourself and life like a shot of tequila. Straight up, live with courage, follow your passion, and stay real. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. I'm Andrea, founder of a boutique handbag brand, Andy, and this is why I switched to Shopify. I tried three other platforms prior to Shopify, and I remember my breaking point was when I would try to make one little change and my entire site would go down. Shopify made it really easy for me to shift everything over and hit the ground running. I was able to migrate my products and all of my customer information over. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Go to shopify.com slash listen to take your business to the next level today. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.